Welcome to Paychecks Thrive, a business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey, everybody, and thanks for joining us again. My name is Gene Marks, and you're here at the Paychecks Thrive podcast. I am talking today to Lenny Fiegel. Lenny is an attorney at uh, Foley and Lardner LLP. Lenny, first of all, I know you're in Jacksonville. Is the firm also in Jacksonville as well? Like we're all in Jacksonville? Uh, we're, we're a national firm. We have an office in Jacksonville, but we have offices in almost every major city. I mean, it's uh, Chicago, Washington, D.C., Milwaukee. Got it. Got it. Got it. And tell me a little about yourself. Like how long have you been practicing law? Where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to the University of Florida for law school. Um, I've been practicing law for 16 years now. And I've wow. been the whole time with Foley and Lardner. So it's wow. been a good that's mix. amazing. And you're still you're still practicing. You haven't got it right yet. It's like at some point, don't you get it right? <laughs> I, I try to every day, but <laughs> <laughs> that's always right. Like a doctor is like, yeah, I've been practicing medicine for twenty. Like, why would I let you operate on me if you're still practicing? Um, but all right, that's good. So so you're down in Florida. Do you specialize in labor law in particular, or any other type of specialties? I specialize in what we call labor and employment. So okay. labor laws tends to be traditional labor, which is collective bargaining, union work. Um, so I do a little bit of that, but in Florida, there's not as many unions as there is in the Northeast. Um, mm. So my practice is primarily employment-based terminations, wage an hour, anything that does with the employers. And, um, and my practice is only with employers. So we, we only represent employers most of the So you represent the good guys, in other words. Is that right? It, 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 that's on our side, exactly. <laughs> the good that's guys. fine. <laughs> I have, um, I have a, a real good friend who's also an employment, uh, you know, a labor attorney, also represents employers who he calls the good guys. Um, but it is, um, it's good to hear that. It is a, uh, it's a huge field, very well needed. Uh, I tell a lot of our I'm a CPA, so I tell a lot of our clients, you, you really need to have a good relationship with um, with a labor attorney, because there's a lot of issues um, that that businesses of all size are dealing with, you know, especially now with the new. I mean, there's changes in the law constantly, especially in the last eight years. There's been a ton of changes, COVID related and otherwise. So yeah, I, I echo that. I think it helps employer I and mean, companies be best to have a good relationship to be able to pick up the phone and just have a 10 minute to an hour call. It usually will is beneficial to the to the client. Yep, I agree. And it's, um, and it's not just national. It's also, it's very much local as well, depending on where you are in the country. So, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So we're talking now because you had written a piece that caught my attention, um, in JD Super. It's jdsuper.com. It's called, uh, what should employers consider if conducting layoffs? You and I are having this conversation now at a time where the economy is really slowing down. Um, a lot of big companies, well, the tech industry is already starting laying off tens of thousands of employees. Yeah. Uh, real estate and construction, not too far behind financial services. A lot of small businesses and mid-sized companies may also be in a, you know, similar situation. So, um, so Lenny, what should employers consider <laughs> <laughs> when you're conducting layoffs? Give us some advice here. Yeah. I, I think the first thing is, is how big of the layoff are you choosing? Is it going to be? I mean, that's the first thing. So you got plan. You have to plan and yeah. how long and you got to prepare. I mean, if it's going to be two people, it's not nearly as a big a deal as if it's going to be a hundred. 
and what's going to be impacted. So, I mean, I always tell our clients, as soon as you're, you know, plan, plan, plan. And mm. I know that's difficult because like you said, employers are the good guys. They, they aren't, they're, no one wants to lay people off. No, not one company wants to lay people off. So usually what ends up happening is it's an option that's going out there and it's a, you know, it's a topic of discussion, but no one really puts pen to paper and they wait and they wait because they, everybody wants to be optimistic. They don't want to be. And then when that happens, then there's urgency because yes. they probably waited too long. So if you're planning on this, get if it's a, if it's even an idea or a topic, involve your HR, human resources department. If you have in-house legal, involve them or external legal, at least so you can kind of get a checklist along the lines of, hey, what should we be looking at if we're going to do this? Um, okay, so let's talk about that checklist. Um, give sure. me some of your thoughts. What should be on that checklist? Yeah, I think the first thing is, is where are the layoffs going? So are they coming from a department? Are they coming from across the board? That's the first thing. Are you going to offer some type of early retirement or attrition? Mm. And, um, you know, how are you going to do the layoffs? How are you selecting who is going to be laid off? I mean, usually what you want to do is you want to say, use objective criteria. And by that, I mean something that you can point to and say, this is what it is. For instance, is it a, are you going to just use performance evaluations for the last year or two years? Um, if you're going to do that, I caution employers, make sure you actually do good performance evaluations. You got to check them. Oftentimes people, our beliefs of what happened recently doesn't correlate with a history usually because people sure. forget. Um, you know, are you going to use seniority? Do you have a collective bar? Is there a collective bargaining agreement? Meaning is the, is one area, uh, one department or one, air, uh, you know, plant or facility represented by a union? If it is, there may be rights. They may have layoff rights, such as bumping rights. So you got to figure out where, where are the rights that you got first figure out where the, any rights exist. Do some employees have contracts? employment contracts, which then title them to certain rights. So you got to figure out, I think the first thing is where are you, where is the layoffs going to occur or where, where they may occur, who may be impacted. Got it. Got it. Um, along those lines, you know, I, I don't know, you know, the last time there were big layoffs that occurred was back in like 2008, 2009, you know, at the great recession. It's been a while. I mean, it's been like, 12, 13 years, if you can believe it, since, you know, since, since that's occurred. And a lot's changed in the workplace, you know? So people are like, employees are so much more, you know, vocal and stuff gets going on social media and people are real prone to claim harassment or discrimination, you know? So what are, what are your thoughts about? Do you think this is a tougher environment to lay people off than, than it's been before? And, you know, wh wh what do you think employers should be considering? Sure. Um, you know, do I think it's tougher? I think there is, it's tougher from the media. I mean, immediate yeah. attention, publications. I mean, yeah. so you're, you, if there's images that, you know, employers want to maintain. They want to be positive. So, I mean, I think the first, in my opinion, is like treat people, your employees and, and ones you may even be laying off, treat them with respect the best you can. 
keep them informed whenever you're making those decisions. And beforehand, you got to keep it in a, a tight circle because you don't want rumors getting out. Sure. So, um, you know, but there are certain things we can do to mitigate risk. I mean, from, from liability, um, you know, first thing is, like I said, use objective criteria. I mean, that's right. the first thing. Um, and follow that. Make sure you're right. I mean, if you're saying I'm going to use it for the performance evaluation scores, check them. Make sure you're accurate. You're not, I've seen, or if you're going to say who has better skill sets. Okay, well, you got to define what that means. Are you saying somebody who had, can work in two different jobs? Or are you saying it's just, you know, somebody who's better at the skill set? Well, how do you choose that? You can use performance evaluations to kind of support that, but you you want it, the, the objective criteria to me to mitigate the risk is something that is quantifiable. That's the best time. Because if it's just some amorphous, who's the better employer, I mean, employee, you know, it, you can be challenged on that. And yep. that's, I mean, that's what we're looking to do with the, is to mitigate the risk with the least amount of potential liability. Which basically yeah, means that um, you know, to make it quantifiable, you had mentioned before, and you mentioned just now about making things based on performance reviews. Um, I mean, that I guess that that is the clearest way to do it. But the big assumption is is that you've been doing your performance reviews. Yeah. I mean, do you find that to be an issue? Because I certainly do yeah. among clients that they're way behind. Yeah, no, it's um, that's a constant challenge, <laughs> I think, yeah. for employers. And some of it where it's a bigger layoff or a larger company where the challenge comes in is you may have good performance evaluations for one department or division and may not have them as strong in the others. Yeah. Um, you know, or it may be an employee. I mean, one other factor to consider is when you're laying employees off. I mean, if you're using technicians, for example, and oftentimes, I mean, they're they're doing the job or they're not. They're, they're, a lot of the companies like that, they're not doing annual performance evaluations for something, you know, as, as, you know, as a technician. Right. I and mean, they need to not, be. And they should be. Absolutely. They should justify any raises, things like that. And here, you know, one of the things you should be looking at, I mean, to help mitigate risk is are you going to offer some type of separation pay? Mm. If you tell are, us a little bit, tell us a little bit about that, about what what you see companies offering as far as separation or severance. Yeah, usually they will come up with some type of formula. It, it can be one week per uh, every two years served, with a minimum payment of two weeks. Um, but a lot of that depends on who's being impacted. If it's a if it's like C level employees or high, you know up in management, some of those employees may already have policy may have rights to separation per policy. So it, it kind of again goes back to what is the the core what's the core decision and where's who's being impacted, but um, you know there'll almost always be a formula. You'll have most of the time I've seen it's like I said one one week every two years or one week every year up to five and then it, it you know another variation of the formula one every two after that. Um, if you're an employee of over ten years, they may have some sort of payment for benefits continuation of benefits, how they're going to handle that. So you've seen, um, I mean, you know, when people do have layoffs at companies, pretty much across the board, though, there is severance involved, right? I mean, when, whenever I read about big companies doing layoffs, there's always, you always take a reserve because you're always paying out some type of severance or paying out benefits, you know, to whatever. Is it, you know, is that what you see as well? I mean, what about smaller size companies or mid-sized companies do you see many of your clients that they would have a layoff and it would just be like, 
you know, your last day is on Friday and that's what it is without any severance or is that really uncommon? Um, you know, it, it happens, but it's uncommon. I mean, if it's, a, I mean, again, employers try and do the right thing most of the time. They do. And if they, if my experience, when I've seen where they are just saying, okay, there's a layoff, again, depends on how big the layoff, but if it's a substantial layoff, I mean, they may not have the financial resources to offer a separation package. So it's not right. almost, a, it's not only about choice, but it's, a, a you know, availability and a, an option. So, um, you know, it, that's why I say go plan if you're thinking right. about this. And, and again, employers, if they're trying to survive and they don't want to have their image tarnished, they want to have a good image. So they want to offer separation. It also mitigates risk. Because you, as part of a separation package, and you know, I always tell all our clients, make sure people sign a release. It, they don't get their separation package unless they sign the release, which then waives all your right. I mean, waives any rights to sue you. Um, when you're when when you advise your clients when they have a layoff, um, do they do you do you advise them to do it like? you know, immediately and, and show the employees the door or to, you know, give them time. In other words, you know, like your last day will be a week from Friday or two weeks from Monday. Like what, what, what has been your best strategy for doing that? Sure. Um, I'm going to give you the typical lawyer response and that depends. (laughs) Of course. First, you know, there's a federal law, it's called the Warren Act, what we call it's really the worker adjustment retraining Notification Act. If they qual, if those layoffs, which usually has to have at least fifty employees laid off or more to qualify, mm-hmm. and it's, it's very, it's very specific, very technical, but that's the minimum. Um, if you, if those layoffs qualify for notices under the Warn Act, you have to give those employees sixty days advance notice. Mm. So they can keep working at your company for sixty days, or. Uh, is there ever scenarios where you see clients, see, my, my concern with laying people off is that, uh, you're going to have disgruntled employees, you know, potentially sabotage or steal data or, you know, whatever. So do you find clients saying, okay, well, we have, we'll give them 60 days notice, but they're, they're not coming into work after today, you know, know, that's an option. Yeah. You get, but you're going to have the 60 days notice. You have to pay them for the 60 days. That's the liability. Right. So if you want to pay in lieu of notice yeah i mean you can do that but um you know a lot of employers what they don't want to do though is they don't want i mean they've got certain challenges too they got disgruntled employees but they need to continue the business you can't just lay everybody off unless you're really ready for it and especially if you're paying them for the notice you can't include that notice period as consideration for any separation agreement you got to have something additional because they're entitled to that so that's one problem. And I was going to say the other issue is, is if people are working, you have intellectual property concerns you want to make protect. So, yeah, you, you absolutely, you know, I always tell employers, you want to give the least amount of notice you have to, or you, it is practical because you have concerns of what may happen. You need to take some precautionary, you know, if you, with your IT, IT consultants or your IT people. Do they have protections in there? Is anybody going to be download? I mean, do they have access to download lists, customer lists, or some other um, protected confidential information that can harm you? You had mentioned a separation agreement. Is that any different than a release, or are they pretty much the same thing? 
Yeah. So um, that's our internal vernacular. So that's fine. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. A release. Uh, so a release means you have released it, it released viable claims against somebody. So a separation agreement usually contains a release. You'll have other issues in there saying exactly when the, the, the date of termination is. You've informed the employee. There's certain other requirements that need to be in certain um, to release certain claims, like an age claim. There's certain requirements that have to be in the release. I mean, in the agreement, so you have to advise them they can seek counsel. That they have what we call a seven day to revoke any acceptance of the claim, so they can sign it, and then within seven days say, "No, I, I want to revoke my acceptance." So. There's legal requirements that are set out usually in the in the separation separation agreement. Maybe you have affirmations of, hey, I've returned any and all confidential information. You may have a non-disparagement claim, I mean, uh, provision in it. Right. Are these agreements themselves, are, is, is this a federal thing or is this mostly driven by state's law? Yeah, it depends. So to have a contract law and releases is is both federal and state. Mm -hmm. So some states have specific language you have to put in to have a val any valid release. California is a specific state. Other states like Florida, where I, you know, where I my office is, there there isn't any specific language. It's just any you know if you can put in I release these claims, any and all claims. You can list out the statutes, and that's it. That's sufficient. Um, what happens if an employee does not? sign you know the release so they they refuse to do that um you would mention they have seven days that they can you know opt out what should an employer do in that situation it's got to be voluntary i mean if they're not going to separate if they're not going to sign it then i mean you can't force them to sign it it has mm -hmm. to be voluntary um, and under the law, the age discrimination claim, I mean, it's called the Older Workers Benefit Protection Act, just for those that are concerned. Um, mm. There are specific times that it has to be left open. So if you give, if it's a group termination, they have 45 days of this to remain open for them to consider. Hmm. But I mean, so, like, what's in it for the employee to sign it then if they're not required to? I mean, can't the employer hold up on their final paycheck or any final payouts to them unless they do sign that release? Yeah. So the, the benefit to the employee is they get that separation pay, whatever that formula is, if it's a month salary or. Right. Right. I mean, that that's that's the, the carrot that they get. <laughs> right. They, but no, you can't withhold payment. I mean, that is in some states. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. I get the, the, the question just like, um, to, can you make that separation pay contingent on signing the release so that, yes, you know, absolutely. Okay. Right. That's what I so was you getting can at. Say, yeah. So for instance, you're conducting layoffs and you say anybody who signs it gets $5,000, but you have to sign the release. That's part of the, it's contingent upon you signing. If you don't sign it, you don't get the $5,000. But Got it. you have That's to make exactly sure you pay them every for every hour they worked up to that time. Got it. So. Okay. That's great. So just as a recap though, so you know, the, the big takeaway, first of all, is that if you're planning on doing layoffs, you got to plan to do your layoffs. And this should be in advance. And too many of your clients wait until too late, probably, um, where they're scrambling to do what they gotta do. That's definitely number one. Um, if you're gonna do that and you've got more than 50 employees. Um, you're, you're going to have to allow those people getting laid off. They get time allowed, 
Um, I think you said 60 days. Uh, you have to continue them as, as a, an employee before they're, they're actually terminated from their jobs. You said that there's a, um, you know, you should have some type of a separation agreement, which would include a release as part of it. And that separation agreement would, would lay out certain rules for, uh, you know, returning materials, what your pay would be, you know, what, what both the employer and the employee's obligations are, uh, to kind of, you know, formally terminate. Um, is there, is there anything else that, that I'm, you know, that I'm not thinking of or that we haven't discussed, um, in advance of like planning a layoff that, you know, that you'd like to add? Yeah. So, I mean, the first one of them is make sure, when you're doing the layoff, you need to train the managers or whoever's going to be communicating that message, spend time informing them and teaching them, training them what can and what can't be said. I mean, provide a, you know, a bullet point or something to them. Um, you also have to remember you're only, you're, you're, unless you're closing, you have employees that are staying. And they're being retained. You need to make sure, you know, they're going to know. You got to communicate and have a communication, I mean, meeting with them or of something. You know, what's the plan? You're And have, I mean, I would advise you most of the time, have a frequently asked questions kind of meeting or, you know, webinar or something. Because people are, I mean, if they're, if they just had a big layoff, employees that are being retained are going to have lots of questions. Sure. Sure. Oh, of course. You know, am I next? Is what's the how, what's the outlook look? I mean, is it good? Um, you know, how are people? You know, the other thing is to consider for layoffs is if somebody's rehired within a certain period of time, are they gonna you gonna want part of the separation payback? Hmm. So if they apply, I mean, you you're making a close. I mean. Uh, Laying a, making layoffs in North Carolina at a plant, yep. and yep. then somebody applies for a, you know one of your facility in Oklahoma, and they get hired. I mean, are you going to want something back? That's one of those things. I mean, again, it's all about the planning. So the other issue is you know with the discrimination, there's two different types of discrimination to keep in mind. So if there's what we call disparate impact, which is if it's a neutral policy something that seems neutral, but it has an impact, an adverse impact on a protected group. Okay. You Usually those are class actions because they okay. impact the big people. You get, that's all statistically, statistic driven because it's a neutral policy. But when you're doing what we call a disparate impact analysis, you can look behind the scenes and see, hey, I don't see a disparate impact, but there's some evidence here that can show a disparate treatment, which is intentional discrimination. Okay. And it's and it highlights some of those issues. Like, hey, why are we selecting this group or this person? Or, you know, right. look, this, you know, you only have two female employees in this whole division and they're the two that are being terminated. You right. better have enough, <laughs> you better have a description, I mean, a, a valid documentation demonstrating how you came to that decision because it's going to look a little fishy. Got it. Got it. Which brings us back to the importance of the performance reviews being done as well and trying to, you know, base on this as, as much quantifiable as, as possible. Um, Lenny, I, you know, this is, it, it's great advice. It's, it's advice that I think is going to be really important to a lot of, um, a lot of businesses as we head into the end of 2022 and 2023. I'm assuming you saw up in the air with uh, George Clooney. You had to have seen that movie, right? The guy's no, traveling around. The, 
Oh my God. He travels around the country firing people. That's like his job. He's a, he's a consultant. Oh. That's all he does. Um, see it terrible. and you'll get a kick. Oh, it's a, that's the whole, that was the whole point. Like it was miserable. And the people that he interviewed in the movie, uh, were actual real life people. The people that he terminated were real life people that got, had gotten terminated from their jobs and they had a chance to react back to him the way that they wanted to react if they could go back and do it again you know um it was really it was it was some movie so you can you can watch this you're giving me good advice i've just given you good advice how does that sound i like that i'll have to watch that that sounds you'll like it sounds funny Lenny Fiegel is an attorney at Foley and Lardner LLP. Uh, Lenny wrote this great article called What Should Employers Consider If Conducting Layoffs? You can find it at uh, jdsupra.com, jdsupra.com. Lenny, thank you so much for joining me. Great information. Would love to have you back sometime soon. My pleasure, Jane. Thanks. Appreciate it. You take care. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? Please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychex can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychex Incorporated 2022, all rights reserved.